0: Synagogue was, and actually, where Peter's house was as well. I can see Jesus enter into Peter's house, go over to Peter's mother in law, and heal her from her sickness, an act that I feel very confident Peter was grateful for. I can see Jesus get up the next morning after healing half the town the night before and go off to find a quiet spot to pray. And I can see his disciples finally finding him, telling him that the other half of the town was looking for him. And I can hear the weariness in his voice as he announces to them that it is time to go. Let us go to the neighboring villages, he says to the disciples, so that I might preach there. For that is what I have come to do. Will Willimon, the Methodist bishop, likes to point out that for many of people in the world around us, they assume that God, whoever and whatever they might mean when they use that word God, they assume that God is somewhere far. Far away, hidden, distant, quiet, mysterious, but that even a cursory glance at the Old Testament would show them that the exact opposite is in fact the case. The God of Israel can't stop talking. He refuses to shut up. He comes to people in dreams. He ambushes them while they sleep in the night. He sends messengers. He sends angels. He sends prophets. They preach sermons. They write letters. They perform miracles. They do wild stunts in public in order to try and get people's attention and help them understand. Preaching proclamation, communication, these things are so important to the life of faith. Creation in Genesis is by speech. Abraham and Sarah are called into conversation with God. Jesus himself is introduced to us in John's Gospel as God's word. Paul's realization that God has chosen to rely on the foolishness of preaching in order to spread the gospel. Local churches like this one called congregations these days, literally people who come together to be gregarious, To talk. Missionaries sent to the far corners of the world to tell and talk and share the good news. Jesus in this text has spent all day healing people in Capernaum. And when he finds out that folks are still looking for him, he tells his disciples, we have got to get out of here. We've got to go somewhere else because I need to preach. That is why I have come. As Jesus and his disciples continue on their journey, we are introduced to another character. A leper crosses his path, cries out to him, and his himself. Healed. But before sending him on his way, Jesus commands the man not to tell anybody how he was healed or who had done it. We just read the story, and so we know what happens next the exact opposite. Instead of telling nobody, the man goes and he tells everybody. He spreads the news around so widely that before long, Jesus couldn't go anywhere without being mobbed. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone knew what he had done, what he was able to do, which means what he was able to do for them. Jesus, Mark tells us, could not even enter into the villages. He had to stay out in the countryside because one man simply could not keep his mouth shut. And why? It's because he had a story to tell. It's because he had some news. News that was good. News that was life-changing. And when you have news like that, and when you know, as this man did, just how hard life can be, and when you know that there are people all around you who are suffering and in need of help and healing, And when you know where that help can be found, well, how can you not share that kind of news? This past Monday, Elmo, the lovable character from Sesame Street, broke one of the cardinal rules of the Internet. And he made himself that day's main character on Twitter.com. That is usually a recipe for disaster. But Elmo actually held the spotlight on Monday for a good reason. At 10.45 Monday morning, Elmo tweeted out a simple question. How is everybody doing? As he quickly learned, people around him were not doing well at all. One man had just been laid off. Another was going through a divorce. Some were anxious about the current state of the world. Others shared stories of, depression, and addiction. All in all, well over 20,000 people decided to answer this simple, straightforward question. And yes, some people wrote back and said they were doing just fine. Thank you. But most of them took this opportunity to actually say out loud that no, No, they weren't doing well at all. Now, I don't know how many of those replies came from people here in Jacksonville. But I would be willing to bet that folks all around us, likely some people in this room right now, share many of the same struggles that were voiced on Monday. Because they're everywhere. There is a deep, deep sense of despair in our society right now. Mental health resources for both children and adults are stretched to their limits communities are so broken down and individuals are so isolated that last year the Surgeon General officially declared loneliness a public health emergency. Addictions to drugs and alcohol and their abuse are so rampant that related deaths, poignantly named deaths, Of despair, claim over a quarter of a million lives every year. People are anxious and they're tired and they're scared and they're wrestling with a hopelessness that they simply do not know what to do with. They feel like this world is out of control. And not just this world, but their world. They feel like their world is outside of their control. Even the people that you and I come in contact with Every single day. People who on the surface look like they are doing pretty well. They may look like they have everything that they could possibly need. But I promise you. That many of them are struggling. That they lack this kind of hope. Or maybe hope isn't quite the right word. Maybe it's peace. Or even, if not peace itself, just the possibility of peace. The possibility that peace might actually be somewhere out there to be found. Possibility that in the words of the Isaiah text that we read here this morning, when we are weary, there is a strength that we can draw on or when we are faint-hearted, we might be able to find some comfort. That there is a power out there that we can look to when things get difficult. That there is a real and genuine hope out there. we can turn to when we are faint hearted and that is bigger than the mess that we see all around us you know every week I stand up here and I help lead worship and every week when I do that It feels like a tiny miracle that I look out and I see all of you. And I mean that sincerely. I do not take for granted that y'all choose to be here on Sunday mornings because it is a choice. I mean, unless you are Elijah, your mom is not getting you out of bed, getting you cleaned up, and making sure that you come to this place. No. You are here because you want to be here, you are here for a reason. Even those of of you who are joining us over the stream, you are doing this for a reason. You could be doing any number of other things on this Sunday morning. Reading a book, catching up on laundry, laying in bed and watching some favorite TV show, but instead you are choosing to join us Why is that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What is the reason that you keep coming back? Because I have to assume that the reason that we are here on Sunday mornings together in this place doing this is because we have found something here. Something that we want. Or something that we need. Something here that we have come to realize that we cannot find anywhere else in the world, and it is so important to us that we overcome all of the other obstacles and set aside all of the other options so that we might be here. And if I asked you to tell me, to name what that thing is, I'd be willing to bet I would get as many answers as there are people in this room or people streaming us online. Some of you might call it hope. Some of you might call it peace. Some of you might call it grace or love or community or purpose. Some of you, I would be willing to bet, would need a quick minute to think until you found the word that felt best. But whatever word comes to you, my point is this. It's real. You know that it's real. It keeps bringing you back here. It's a part of who you are. Perhaps it's a part of who you wish to be. And if that is the case, then let me humbly submit to all of you that like the leper that meets Jesus in today's story, you too have a story to tell. You have good news that needs sharing. You have found something, or perhaps you have been found by Something that is good and that is great and that is desperately needed in this world and you know people in your lives and your communities who need it themselves. People that you care about. People that you know. People who know and care about you and trust you and would listen to you. If you shared this good thing with them, because here it is, and here we are, and why would we not want to share this thing and offer our friends a chance? Come and be a part of it themselves Amen In response we come to the table the same table that on the night in which he was betrayed Jesus took bread and he blessed it He broke it. He said, this is my body.